Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're keeping well and staying safe. And we are back once again with the penultimate weekend of SWPL1 fixtures as the title race hurtles towards its thrilling conclusion on the 6th of, uh, 6th of June. I nearly got all the way through that without a start, but we're just kind of, kind of plough through because we're short on time this week. But I'm, of course, always joined by my good friend, Campbell Finlayson. And Campbell, how are you doing? Um, I've managed to deafen myself in my left ear, Chris. So <laughs> I can, for the last four or five hours, I barely were able to hear a thing. I've tried everything that you would normally do to pop in here, but it seems to be something. I don't know how I've done it, but it's, it's even listening to this to now, I sound like I'm miles away, so I'm fine, but it's frustrating. I mean, the good thing is we don't really need ears to do podcasts, so we'll be absolutely fine. But we are going to, well, maybe. Um, but yeah, we are going to fire straight into it. We're going to cover the SWPL1 action from the weekend. Obviously, look at the title permutations for the weekend coming. Touch on SWPL2 coming back. And there's a Scotland squad announced today. So just the one week where we maybe aren't have as much time as we usually do is the one week where there's tons of stuff to talk about. So let's get straight into it. And we'll start with the last game of the day on Sunday. Spartans to Glasgow City 6 uh, with fans and with Campbell Finlayson and Chris Marshall at it as well. So, I mean, what 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 a wonderful what place the Ainsley Park was on Sunday afternoon and in the sun and in our shorts. But, Campbell, I know this was the last game of the day, so we obviously knew what had kind of happened in the games preceding it. But um, we talked about before the game how Glasgow City had been a little bit flat in their last couple of games. But that opening half hour against Spartans on, on Sunday, they were... To use, a, to use a word that gets used quite a lot in Scottish football parlance, relentless in that opening half an hour. But we also, on our journey between Orium and Ainsley Park, said City are going to turn up today and this could be a bigger scoreline than you'd maybe anticipate, so we're not always wrong. Um, aye, City were very good for that first half an hour. I think it was about eight corners the first 10 minutes. I think I wrote that because you said it was the case and your stats and that, so if you're wrong, you're to blame. Um, but it was it was just constant for City and then as I say to you that's something that we back up the road as well it was they just score and then rather than celebrate it was just right get the ball back to the halfway line because obviously Celtic had pummeled for earlier on in the day and City new goals could be important so it'd be 3-0 up early doors and then only win by a four goal margin they'll maybe be slightly disappointed with that but for that first half an hour that's certainly the best I've played for, for a long long time yeah, it really was. They, they just came flying at the at the traps and when Odie flew to do this, um, kind of put the ball in the net after three minutes, you kind of thought, well, this is this would have been coming pretty much from the off. And I thought it was really interesting. You mentioned, obviously, the goal scoring, which I think we'll touch upon, obviously, when we, we look at the permutations for Sunday. The first thing she did was try and get the ball off of Alicia Yates because um, they were they were feeling like trying to score a lot of goals. Obviously, if Odie Flodo gets the opener, Hayley Lauder, second goal in two games, nice finish from the edge of the box and then a need Farrelly uh, effort made it 3-0 inside 25 minutes. And Spartans just, it wasn't so much like Spartans didn't play well, they just, they didn't get the ball at all. Glasgow City just dominated possession. You mentioned the corners, um, the number of shots they had in goal well in that first that first 10 minutes was ridiculous. And they just, like, peppered. I mean, Alicia Yates made a few good saves as well. It's not a case of, like, those three goals with those three goals that goes in. If it wasn't for it, it could have been even more of that first. I just, I was a little bit taken aback, just because of how poor they'd been in those, not poor, but how... Malaised, they'd looked in those previous two games against Hearts. There's a good word. Those previous two games against Hibs. Your eyes lit up as you said that, yeah. <laughs> as, uh, against Hearts and Hibs. But uh, yeah, 4 0 at half time. Um, the fourth goal, I think we have a wee chat about because Priscilla Chinchia uh, wins a penalty, but pretty softy. 
I mean, Kelly Gibbs put hands on her back, but it's just not a pit. We were soft. The guy in front of us had a city hat on, and we're kind of looking back at the period's total, total disagreement as to what you two are talking about, but it's never a penalty, and I stand by that. So if Mr. Hartman is listening, just need to suck it up, son. Um, it was it was, it was, was never a penalty, was it? It was very soft. I can see well, I get why they're giving it, but the officiating on Sunday was mince. It was just awful. Like Again, I know I ran through about this and stuff I was writing, but it was poor, and that was the first. Of, I mean, the game was it was out of sight pretty much for Spartans. Obviously, come back into it about the second half, but three you 0 know, down to give away a penalty for that is it's, it's a daft decision from the referee. But well taken penalty, and then four 0 at half time. City are obviously anticipating a cricket score, but Spartans to the credit in the second half were a lot better. Some some crazy goalkeeping for the Alexander going to give them a route back into it at times as well, but. Overall, City were with a better team, and despite only drawing the second half, they'll be they'll be pleased with the result. I don't say drawing the second half; that's horrible, Pat. You, you well, they the did draw half. the second ah, half of two each. What? It's not a thing. It's right, managing anyway. Patter, right? <laughs> anyway, be all right in the second half because I was worried in that second half that it was getting going to like peter out super early. We talked about games people out. I thought, oh my god, we're going to peter out forty five minutes early. And then uh, Spartans made some substitutions. One of those was Katie Riley comes on the park. First touch, I mean, the thing about that Spartans goal to kind of go forward up, the defending wasn't great for that because it just so happened that Kate Riley was the first one there, but I think there was like three of them lined up to, to hit the home, but good header from Kate Riley. Sparked some scenes and you know what, it got a pop from the crowd, which I liked. It felt like the, the crowd were really invested and I think I said to you on Sunday as well, like that last 20 minutes of the, the game on Sunday was very reminiscent of the game at Broadwood. It just seemed to all of a sudden go a bit wild because as soon as Spartans got that goal back, City went up the other end, Aoife Kovo made it 5-1, and then about 10 minutes later, Spartans get another one back. Um, as you mentioned, Jenna Clark, Lee Alexander, it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit calamitous, and I think Lee demonstrated her, her frustration at the events um, quite loudly for everybody to hear after after that. Um, but then almost immediately, Shan Wojcik made it 6-2. So, as you say, finished 6-2, um, four-goal win for Glasgow City, which I think, as you say, I think going into that game, they would have been very happy with a four-goal win, but given the events of the game earlier on and the way that they started the game, it seems mad to say 6 2 be they'll be disappointed with a 6-2 six, six win, but are they? Um, it's hard to tell with City, I think. They've set themselves such high standards over previous years that, especially at Scott Booth, and it'll probably annoy them when they don't go on and win games. Um, by as many goals as they possibly could. And obviously, we know Spartans are a team that usually gives them a good challenge and, and in that second half one, they clearly stepped themselves up for the first period. But, um, I mean, there's three goals clear to Celtic now. And it's, regardless how many they scored, three points was the main thing. It's still a case of avoid defeat um, in their final game and they win the league anyway. So, I think they'll be pleased with it. Um, it could have been more, but... When you win a game, you score six goals and you're, you're three points clear and it's in your own hands at the final game. You can't really complain too much. So I don't think they'll be that disappointed. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they'll be they'll be pretty pretty happy with that. I think the win was also the ultimate aim for that because the win gives them control going into the final day of the season. And I mean, for Spartans, they still have fourth place up, up for grabs. I think it's a very achievable target for them given the, the, the final games of the season, which we'll, we'll go into in a wee bit. Uh, just a wee noise well to Bobby Beveridge, last game for Spartans, I think it was 193. Three, I think it was appearances. I think it was. I saw in the tweet. Maybe 197. I don't have it in front of me just now. But um, 
I think it'll be interesting over the, the, in the next couple of years because uh, there was another retirement in the Rangers uh, Motherwell game and Claire Gemmell with our last home game for Rangers. Interesting that these players are kind of, I don't want to say very, it's a very cliche thing to say, but trailed the path a little bit for like the SWPL and obviously as the game grows and goes, becomes more professional. But I think we might see some more names kind of decide where their priorities lie in the next, next couple of seasons. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, no one stays young forever, do they? So obviously you're you're going to get players having to to move on, and whether they want to go into the coaching side of things or what have you, it's yet to be seen. We've, we've seen plenty of players obviously do it, even even from a young age. You look at Spartans especially; have got a lot of their younger players might help out with sort of community coaching things uh, through Ainsley Park as well. So there's, you after that, you'll still hear of these players and see them involved at their clubs and, and in Scottish women's football for for a number of years still to come, even if it means they're, they're not playing themselves. But it's it's good as well that you're getting players having played so many games. Um, for their own teams and for for um, in the SWPL in general, so it's it's good to see the old man as well for Spartans with what hundred appearances at the weekend. So there's their side especially that seem to have a lot of players that will stay there for quite a while. So aye, it's it's good to see. And I think you you'll see more of them. Obviously, when they're finished, still still being involved in the game. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting, especially in terms of some of the broader things that come with women's football. In terms of as the game grows coaching and media and all kinds of things. So it'll be interesting to see how this this kind of generation of players just coming to the end of the career decide whether they pass or next. It could just be they, they want to go up the road and never see a game of football again. But I doubt that'll be the case for all of them. Um, but yeah, let's move away from Easley Park and let's rewind a little bit in the day to K Park, where Celtic were at home to four for Farmington. Um, Celtic came into the game knowing that they would have to get a victory to ensure they are still in the title race. Well, they didn't know that at the time, but they were pretty, they knew a victory would put all the pressure on Glasgow City going into that game against Spartans. And it's weird that I, I, when I was writing my notes for this one, I, I was about to write Celtic one, so Celtic 10, 4 for Farmington now. And I was about to write, oh, it's not usual for Celtic to, to kind of put a team to the sword like that. And then I remembered they beat Hearts 10 0 earlier in the season. I was like, well, I'm kind of contradicting myself. But at the same time, Campbell, of recent Celtic performances, it's not usual for them to put a team to the sword like that, and they they put four for Farmington to the sword um, definitively on on Sunday. Everyone's doing it to four for at the minute. Um, it's just not it's not been a good a good um, season for them since since the restart. Um, I mean, Celtic also have drawn with them in their first meeting. I know there's a lot of changes to the team, but they've then played them twice since then. It's been eighteen nothing. So I mean, Celtic's goal difference has been well boosted. I mean, Rangers are still nine goals better off than City even at the top of the table at the minute but Celtic have caught up with them very well just to kind of ensure that the title race has went on right to the final day I mean City obviously still big big favourites but Celtic have they've got more more ruthless I would say even in the last couple of months I mean say what one ten of their last 11 games another one was a draw against City so I mean their form has been phenomenal and they've been scoring plenty of goals in that time so it's, it's something that I think we're getting a wee bit more accustomed to with Celtic and when they actually put their mind to it, they can they can certainly do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, apart for me, so it was a series, a hat trick, doubles for Mariah Lee, Chloe Craig, and for Anna Philby, and uh, an Alana Bruce on goal, which I felt the highlights on sports scene. Spent a lot of time dwelling on her reaction. I felt quite sorry for her because I was like, it's happened. Let's move on. You've got another main goals to see. But um, at, you mentioned the fact that Celtic been ruthless, and again, they did change their team a lot. And we wondered before if the change in the teams was just a case of them getting a result to kind of get over the line in these games. But they changed the team and they got the result. And I want to give a nod to Sarah Ewans because that was a hat-trick today, 14 goals for the season. And it feels like she's played her way into that team. Because if you remember at the start of the kind of comeback, she wasn't involved in that, that Glasgow City game from the start. But she, she's been she's been like 
the Sarah Yunes, I think a lot of people expected in the Celtic team. Now she's obviously on a full-time contract and she's getting that professional training as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just saying it was like Sir Rachel Donaldson, we're getting game time there, but Sarah Ewan's has always been a player that we've picked out in previous seasons as well that, that knows where the net is, and it's clearly shown that um, in the last couple of months. And Celtic have been scoring goals from around the park. They have shared them well, but it's good now to have a striker that is going to score you these goals week in, week out, and she's been slowly climbing the, the goal scorer chart as well. So she's a key player for Celtic. I think it's Fran Alonso obviously brought in some of his own players and was trying to let them get into the team and see how they all gel together, but knowing that he's had a striker there the whole time that can put the ball in the net. As often as Sarah Ewan's can, it's, it's always going to be um, it's going to be beneficial to him. And I think he's realised that. And so she will be one of the first names um, on that Celtic team sheet, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with goals being a, a thing to, to aim for for Celtic this coming Sunday. I'd be surprised if Sarah's not not on from the start. It's a, it's a two-horse race now for the title. Um, obviously, with Glasgow City winning it, Puts the Rangers. From, I mean, Rangers have been out for the last last few weeks in terms of the title race. So it is now Glasgow City or Celtic for the title. As it stands, Glasgow City are three points clear with a three goal goal difference. So Celtic to win the title would have to have Glasgow City get beat and then win by four goals or more because Glasgow City have scored more goals than Celtic. Unless Celtic beat Motherwell something mad like eleven eight, but um, yeah, it needs to it needs to be uh, it needs to be by four clear goals. Glasgow City are playing Rangers, uh, and as I just mentioned, Celtic are away to Motherwell. Glasgow City just need a point from the game, and obviously Rangers form in the, in the big games, other than that 5-0 victory at December time, hasn't been great. It's, I think it's decision time, Campbell. Is, is Glasgow City going to get over the line on Sunday? Yes. Um, I, I fancy City to go on and, and win the game. They'll... When City know what they've got to play for, they seem to be good at getting their mind to it and just getting the job done. Rangers have been have been disappointing, as you've said, in some of these games. And also, a Rangers win, it's then likely to hand Celtic the title, which is also something that they're not going to want either. And that's not me being cynical and saying they're going to play to lose, because of course they're not. Rangers will want to win it themselves to try and get into the Champions League as well, if they can do. But I just fancy City to be too strong. And I think they'll show why they've been top of the table for most of the season after after them. Overtaking Rangers again, so I, I think City will, will get the job done and they'll get the three points rather than just the one. But Celtic, I'm sure, will, will try their best to run them close. Yeah, I mean, I would expect Celtic to get if if something does happen in Glasgow City to get. I would expect Celtic to get the goals they need to knowing what they need to get because I think what you saw on Sunday with Celtic and Glasgow City is they knew goals are still important and they both were looking for more. So I think knowing that on on Sunday will certainly play into the hands for both teams. Um, I'll tell you what, we were going to talk about the Edinburgh Derby next, but let's leave that till the end because you've, we've kind of brought Rangers into the conversation and they were obviously playing Motherwell. Um, 6-0 win uh, against Motherwell. Pretty straightforward for them uh, in terms of the, the result and it obviously keeps them, it keeps them in the Champions League contest, but they are result relying now on Motherwell getting a getting a result against uh, Celtic to kind of make that make that a possibility. Essentially, Celtic need to lose the Motherwell then Rangers can claim second place if they beat Glasgow City. Uh, and I mean, it's an unlikely series of events. So not maybe not like the, the Rangers beat Glasgow City because it's happened. But I think the both the two things come together. You get long odds in that and that combination come together on, on Sunday for sure. You certainly would. Um, I mean, that's no disrespect to Motherwell. Obviously, we've seen a lot of improvement for them and against Celtic at K Park. 
they were they were a better team for the earliest parts in that game. And again, it's one of these random sort of bursts of goals that Celtic got that put the game beyond them. But Motherwell can take credit for that game, take some positives from it. And they'll look to, to finish the season on a high as well. I mean, you would still fancy them to, to finish ahead of Forfar. Obviously, they're, they're playing Hibs and there is that point there, but the form Forfar's been on, you wouldn't imagine they'll move back up to sixth. Though. Motherwell will be... They'll make it tough for Celtic, but I just think Celtic, especially the form they've been on, will have too much for them. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, in terms of the Rangers Motherwell game, uh, Nicola Dockett got a first goal of the season in four minutes, then goes from uh, Kirsten Rayleigh, Rachel McLaughlin, Zoe Ness, and Jordan McClintock on goal, and Claire Gemmell, as we mentioned earlier on in our, in our last home game for the Rangers, uh, got a guard of honour. Um, I think it caught a few people by surprise that that was our retirement game, um, but she's obviously been in, she's been in women's football for. It seemed like the same as Bobby, and she obviously had a, a, a seven-year spell at Rangers, was a captain at Hamilton as well. I think it probably kind of indication of where Rangers' season has gone. That with this game, it just feels like we're mentioning it because it's important to other conversations. It's it, it's been dis- to finish third for Rangers this season, given the the the, the way that they promoted their women's team and the the money that they put behind it. That is that is very disappointing for them. Will be, I mean. The three Glasgow teams there at the top would have known that it was going to be a tighter season at the top there in Rangers before Christmas, obviously getting the big, big win um, against City to then put them top for the first time of the season, I think, at that time. Um, they'd have hoped to kick on and obviously City have really strengthened Rangers of them went on and they've lost a lot of goals in Kirsty Howitt. Um, but ultimately, it's been these big games that has killed them. I mean, the record against the smaller sides, if you will, or the teams at the bottom end of the table has been excellent, but They've played in these big games, other than the big win, as you say, against City, they've then went on and lost the other four. So, I mean, there's been times, the first two games against Celtic, especially Celtic, weren't great, but they've then went on to win the game. Even the third game, where there's been large spells where Rangers have looked and thought, right, we're the better team here, let's go on and win this. And each time has lost out to Celtic, and it's a lot of times been Rangers' own fault. So, they'll be kicking themselves. They'll have wanted, of course, the Champions League at the very least, but. You can mean the way Celtic have come back to say 31 points from 33 is just crazy to come up. It might be more than that now. So Rangers will be disappointed with it, but they'll they'll also take a lot of positives from it. The fact that it has been their first season, they've had a couple of players missing. They've they've have gelled well, gelled pretty well together. So a few more signs, I think, for Rangers, and you you'll see them back up there again next season. Disappointing as it is, they'll they'll still have the same aspirations next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully expect that they will demand uh, better than third place next season but we'll see how that transpires and, uh, and in terms of Motherwell I mean they they had a really poor start to the season but you know what they can guarantee sixth place if they beat Celtic on Sunday which I think we both said we'll be very surprised at but you know as we both acknowledge that they have been a, have been a very good and I think this, this kind of late part of the season in my opinion um, but um, if they do that, are they better for Farmington result? And again, for Farmington have not been so good um, in the in the second part of this season. Uh, they will guarantee sixth and draw sixth place is probably that top of that mini league. If you, if you split the league into three mini leagues, you've kind of got the top three, the middle two and the bottom three. So Motherwell to kind of come top of that mini leagues, are, I think a, a decent return for them this season. It is given where they were. I mean, obviously bottom of the league for quite a while, Motherwell themselves and Hearts were just always kind of the handful of points they had, but Motherwell of them went on, they've beaten Hearts, they've beaten Forfun, they've, they've picked up the points to climb up there. And I mean, you, you look at the point totals from for the teams right down the table, and of course, they would be disappointing totals, but then you look at the three at the top who 
are only really taking points off of each other. It's tough for them. Um, so, aye, Mother will be pleased with it. And again, it's an exciting time for them when new manager coming in and all the sort of developments um, at the football club. So, they'll be an interesting side to watch for next season and they'll, they'll have the hopes that they can push on and try and challenge the likes of Hibs and Spartans. Yeah, absolutely. And let's get on to that final, almost going full circle with the WPL. And we started Ainsley Park with Spartans and we're going to end with that. That battle for fourth place, I mean, the battle for fourth place, not sure if it's an actual thing, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to go with it. <laughs> um, Spartans, obviously, uh, with the advantage, they are currently, if I remember rightly, they are currently two points clear of Hibs going into the final game. And that is because Hibs, in the early game of the day, which me and Campbell both attended both again in our shorts, um, was a rhyme, um, Hearts versus Hibs in an Edinburgh derby. And it was a 2 that win for Hibs, and I mean, Campbell, it was... It was too, do you know, it's a weird one because I, I think Hibs are absolutely value for the win. I don't think there's any debate about that. But at the same time, you go 2-0 and I, when I was reflecting on it when we were kind of, when I kind of got home on Sunday night, I thought, you know, Hibs, in the first half, they dominated possession, um, had a really good early chance with Ailey Adams, which came through where she should really have tuck it out, tucked it away and she kind of pushed it wide. Um, but then they kind of got that goal after uh, after about, I think, 15, 15 20 minutes. Um, ball down the line and... Uh, Ellie Adams was again released by Amy Muir and she managed to t- tuck away showed a bit more composure than I think with the first effort in terms of tucking that away after Lee, Lee Eddie had played uh, Amy Muir uh, down the line and at half time it was like 1-0 Hibs and you were like Hibs were a good value for, for the 1-0 but you felt like they could have created more at the same time Hearts Hearts didn't really offer very much at all in that in that first half and to be honest even going into the second half they just they couldn't get a foothold in the game at all no, they couldn't hurt themselves. You've seen with their post-match stuff as well. I've said that where they never really got going at all. It was, it was very hot afternoon, of course, and it's, it's not an excuse, but it's no easy for any team to be playing in that. Even you touched on it, touched on both things that you've mentioned there, where Hibs didn't really have to get out of second gear. Um, it's been a tough schedule for all these teams, and to come to the end of it, Hibs especially with such a small squad that they have. Um, great at Derby and the Heat, it was. It wasn't going to be easy for them, but they were, as you say, did create too much the first half. They were, they were a lot better in the second half, but two very good goals they scored, and it was professional performance, I think, the nice way to put it. Um, it's a point not to score more, maybe, but up against Charlotte Parker-Smith, who was having one of her really good games, made some some real great saves in that match. and It could have been more, but I think ultimately 2-0 would, was a fair result, and Hibs were good value, as you say, for the, for the three points. Yeah, I thought Hibs started the second half with a lot more purpose. They they seemed to be driving more towards goal and they had a few shots. And as you mentioned, Charlotte Parker Smith. I think Charlotte Parker Smith, I, I, I can't remember where I said this to you because we've spent a lot of time with each other on Sunday. But um, I think Charlotte Parker Smith is a, is a very good shot stopper. I think she's maybe one of the best shot stoppers in the league. And I, maybe she sometimes doesn't get decisions right, but I don't think there's any keeper in, S- in the SWPL that gets her decisions right all the time when it comes to kind of crossing and handling. So um, I've been impressed with her because there was obviously a lot of chat around about that goal when Lauren Perry scored and it was kind of a bit of noise there. But I, I've been impressed by Charlotte Parker Smith this season. I think she's really come onto, onto a game. But as you mentioned, Hibs did get their second goal. Colette Kavanagh, a bit of a boy popper on the podcast. I think we both rate Colette Kavanagh um, very highly. Um, was set free down the, down the left-hand side and she got a ball across. And then Amy Muir just seemed to kind, kind of come from absolutely nowhere uh, to kind of you know when it was turned finishes into the, the opposite corner the corner she's just come from to make it 2-0 and then kind of from there the game kind of peed out a bit I mean Hearts had to take off I think they had to take three players off because of like various ailments um, Georgia Hunt had to go off with her back and then Claire Delworth and then I think Paige McAllister when she came off she was just 
spent in terms of the, the energy that she expelled in that game. After the game, we spoke to Amy Muir and this is what she had to say. Amy, 2-0-1 first of all, uh, can I get your thoughts on the game? Yeah, obviously just happy to come away with three points, uh, clean sheet and it's against heart, so that's obviously a bonus for us, but um, I'd say we probably didn't play the way we did, the, the way we wanted to, sorry, in the first half. Um, I think we started the game okay, but I think after the goal we kind of almost took the foot off the gas, gas a wee bit. Um, but, you know, second half I thought we were a bit more aggressive in the way we pressed and just the way we attacked, we looked a lot more energetic and um, obviously we were happy to get another goal. Probably could have got a few more, but yeah, happy with the win. You mentioned that first half performance, it was, um, you were very dominant, but we didn't create as much as you wanted to, but you obviously kind of had a wee involvement in that first goal, can you talk us through it? Yeah, I think um, after the first goal, that's, it, as I said, we probably dropped slightly, but I feel like the way we were playing up till then, up to the first goal, like clapping it in behind the two centre backs is, is what we've obviously spoke about before the game that would be on and we've obviously got the goal from it and um, I've just made the run and I think it was Leah that clipped it and she's also got a great passing range so it's just kind of dropped to my feet and I took it inside and I thought I would be going through myself but obviously Ailey's made a rate, uh, late run so I thought it'd be probably best idea to slip her in so lucky the way to pass was fine but um, yeah, I think as, as I said we've We've probably looked to do that and um, I think we've done that better in the second half as well. You, you mentioned you kind of slipped early through for the first one. You did get on the score sheet though. Um, kind of came from nowhere on that, that right-hand side to get in the Cavs cross. I know. Um, I know, I think I had... I remember the attack was going out the other side, so I was just coming on the pitch and I thought I'd go to the back post, but it just seemed like massive space at the edge of the box. I thought I would peel away and scream on it and hope for the best so yeah it's obviously came to me and I've just I try to get any contact on it at all so I'm obviously delighted for mys- like myself to get on the score sheet and be involved in the goals because it's something that I, I want to be doing more. And there are three, three good performances this week I know it's been a kind of it's the definition of a mixed bag because you've got a win and draw and a defeat for three games but yeah. um, good performances. No I'd say so like we've you know we've obviously this kind of second round of fixtures we've, we've drew with City we've probably should have got something away from the Celtic game and you know, we've, we've proved to people that we can still compete and it's just the kind of finishing touches up the other side of the pitch. So, you know, that's what we'll be building on and going into next season. It's been a busy few weeks, obviously, and you've still got quite a small squad as well. How tough have you found it when trying to manage these games? Yeah, it's been hard. You know, the schedule's been so intense and we've been a wee bit unlucky with injuries. Um, our actual squad to begin with not that big. So, you know, it has been almost a consistent 11 through this last like eight, eight games and yeah it's been really tough physically but you know, we're really close as a group and um, I'd say we've really built a kind of solid defence to build on you know we've we hope to bring next year a bit more attacking threat and um, our, obviously our goal numbers want to improve that but I'd say we've got a real solid base uh, right down the spine our, our team and um, I'd say that's that's shown against probably the top three with you know conceding really little, slow, low number of goals. It's obviously very warm this afternoon yeah. as well. Um, you didn't have to get out of second gear, but we're still pretty comfortable. So is that kind of helpful as well for conserving energy ahead of next week? Yeah, it was a, it was it was a hot a hot day, and obviously we feel it in the legs after the schedule that we've had. So um, you know, it's Hearts will obviously come out and they defended well, but I think it was just about us breaking them down properly, and not rushing anything or forcing anything, and we've done that better in the second half, of creating a bit more. So yeah, that's that obviously helps going into the next week. You can now sit back and watch Spartans obviously this afternoon. Um, it's still mathematically possible, but it'll be tough. But you still hope we can catch them ahead and take fourth place. Yeah, I know. We'll, we all we can do it, um, ourselves is just take it game by game. We've, we've done our job today, and 
um, whatever happens in that game happens. But yeah, we've got obviously one more game to go against Forth and we'll just be looking to win that as well and do everything we can and see where we finish. But maximum points is the goal. So yeah, Campbell, 2 0 win for Hibs. Comfortable, uh, comfortable evening. We'll, we're going to talk about the Scotland squad um, in a little bit because there are some new call-ups and obviously we've got some friendlies coming up kind of in amongst the Euro, Euro 2020 noise, which will be interesting to see how that will land. But I don't know, like Hibs, they have some really good players. Hibs, I, I was looking at their start 11 as they were kind of dominating the play on Sunday. Have some really good players, obviously, because some have been in the Scotland squads in the past and we're in the Scotland squad coming up. And I just always think to myself with Hibs is that it feels like there should still be there should be something more from Hibs in kind of battling for fourth with Spartans. If you know what I mean, it feels like they should be closer to those top three than, than they are. Um, I mean, yes, I know Hibs have we've been so used to seeing them as that second team and with developments at Rangers and Celtic and Hibs, who, as we say, have lost so many players from their, their team that won the Cups a few years ago there to have, to these, they have these players disappearing, a lot of them to the teams in the league um, it's tough and the, if you look at four players on the bench there at the weekend a lot of out with Ailey Adams they don't really have much firepower going forward there are a lot of young players in the starting 11 a lot of young players on the bench so it's tough for them they'll be disappointed if they don't take fourth which doesn't look likely at the minute but it's a bit of a transitional period for them and I think once you've got a bigger squad that you can you can then fight a bit more it, it makes it easier for them it's, it's been tough especially as we're saying and you're playing up to three games a week at times, doing that with a depleted squad, but it's the same players who are having to play 90 minutes. It's no easy and they will be tired. So I'd be, you've got a wee bit of, a wee bit of sympathy with Hibs with the way it's ended up for them, but they won't be too disappointed. They're still kind of middle at worst and there's they can only look up from there. So it's, yeah, it'll be a bit disappointing, but I think there's, there's a fair argument as to why they're maybe a bit further down the table than we're used to seeing. No, that's a fair point. And I think Rosie Livingston was another youngster to kind of come on on Sunday to kind of give Ailey Adams a bit of a break because she is a very, she, I mean, she just <laughs> kind of non-stop at that top end of the park. But yeah, I think there's just some players, I mean, maybe Gallagher seems to have found a real niche in that kind of 10 role for Hibs and, and against kind of some of the left teams. She seems to have space all the time. So very interested to see what happens when we get into the new season. Obviously, they've made some signings, so... We'll take it from there. But yeah, in terms of th- that, uh, a Spartan victory against Hearts on Sunday would, would secure fourth place for them. Um, anything like this, and Hibs have an opportunity at home to fly for Farmington, which brings us on to the games on Sunday. All kick off at 10 past four um, on BBC Alba. It's Glasgow City against Rangers Women and BBC Sports Scotland Online. Motherwell against Celtic. Hibs against Warford Farmington will be on the Hibs Facebook, I think, as usual. And Hearts versus Spartans, I don't think we'll be broadcasting anywhere because Hearts haven't done that this season. Um uh, so yeah, so that one's not going to be out there, I don't think. Yeah, you know, it might be last game of the season and that. But um, yeah, ten past four kickoffs for all the games. So um, we're having to choose our poison, and we've also got another league starting, which we're about to go <laughs> go and have a quick chat about as well. But you know, at, at the end of a season gamble, we have something to play for in the final day. And you know what? Two three weeks ago, we didn't think that was going to be the case. So it's going to be exciting either way. In theory, yes. Um, <laughs> it depends what Glasgow City turn up. We've seen the city that we saw against Spartans, that determined team that we know just how good they can be. If they turn up, as much as Rangers are a good side, I fancy City to be comfortable there. So, I mean, it's 
player they have done in certain other games, and of course Rangers will cause them cause them problems. But I think Set will be they'll be strong enough to get the job done. But as I say, it's, it's not guaranteed yet, and that's certainly something we've not had much um, in previous seasons. So it's good that the league's a lot tighter. But I still fancy City to be to be there on top once again. Yep, and we will absolutely see how that plays out. But let's go from SWPL1 to SWPL2, baby, because SWPL2 is um, back uh, this weekend after <laughs> after, after a, a, a super extended break. Um, the, the fixtures are kind of returning. Uh, SWPL2 is back. If you want to get a little bit of insight in SWPL2's return, go read Campbell's piece that he's uh, written up with um, Jason McCrindle and Graham Hart. And a bit of information, a bit of kind of insight from Kevin McGregor as well about what, what it means for those seeds to come up in an expanded SWPL1 next season because we have promotion. There may be no relegation from SWPL1, but there are two places up for promotion. Bit of a recap of where we are Aberdeen, seven points clear at the top of the table with eight games to go. You would think, Gamble, that Aberdeen, unless something has happened that nobody knows about, and they, they should be pretty safe in terms of getting into that top spot. But the race for second, I think that is definitely going to be where a lot of the eyes are going to be in this. Mad four-week sprint for, for these eight games up until the 4th of July. Definitely. I mean, Aberdeen have been excellent and you can see why they're clear at the top, but there's only then one point between United, Ackies and Patrick this or even St. Johnson. Just four points off second. We'll still feel they've got a realistic chance. Glasgow and Queen's Park technically as well, but it's, it's it's a tough league where teams, I mean, Graham Hart was saying that when I spoke to him, that teams can take points off of each other, but you have to think that it's going to be three, maybe four-way uh, four race for second, but it's certainly going to be an interesting month as we cram in all of these fixtures across what's going to be a, a real busy time. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a super busy time. It's going to be a super busy time for us as well because we are both involved in Euro 2020 things for different reasons as well. So um, we, we are going to do our best, but I think we may have to drop down to one podcast a week for SWPL to just just in terms of getting, getting clubs highlights. It's because one of the things I was going to ask you about, Campbell, is... I haven't seen tons of noise from SWPL2 clubs about the league coming back. A, a couple of clubs have. We, we know the clubs that do. And I've seen clubs kind of put information about the games, but obviously Glasgow is now going to be back into tier two on Friday. Whoop, whoop. And um, so there's a there's an opportunity, obviously, to get... I think we've talked about it a few times. I don't know what is wrong with me today. Um, there's obviously... A, stop it, will you? <laughs> there is a, an opportunity to get... Some fans and grounds, hopefully, to kind of see that the climax of SWTL season. And we've got some good games coming up. Um, I know you're heading up to the, the regional performance center to see Dundee United against Kelly. Um, we've got Park Thistle against Burham. You're at Lockburn Park, which is a, a new venue for SWPL football. So um, if, you get, if you get the opportunity to go to one, I certainly do it. Lockburn's a, it's a, it's a different viewing experience for a fan. I think it's fair to say, Campbell. Not many grounds are set up the way Lockburn Park is in terms of how the pitch and the terraces are separated. Um, the wall of the wall that, so far as far as I can make out, has never actually taken like a serious injury. Touchwood, touchwood. It did once. Once, once we were at a game. Um, I think it was Andy Duncan who was ex Airdrie um, with some Rangers teams and at a younger age, and he was playing for Mary Hill one day. I can't remember who it was they were playing, but it was a goal and he went out for it, and it was kind of a bad one. I think he just kind of bounced off his knee, hit the thing, and opened his knee up, and it was all gubbed. So that's not great. So hopefully that's not going to happen to any of the Patrick Thistle or opposition players. But yeah, we wee bit of a gruesome story for you. It wasn't a pleasant thing to see. Yeah, anyway, yeah, Lockburn Park's a new venue. So, uh, <laughs> uh, a great place, honestly. Go and visit. Mary Hill's fantastic. Uh, it's very wonderful, says Mary Hill Boy. Um, Hamilton Ackies at home to Queen's Park, uh, at the Foy's New Douglas Park. 
St. John's take around Glasgow women at McDermott Park, but it'll be the, the Astro beside it. And Aberdeen taking on Stirling University. Um, half on kickoff, so they've got a chance to put their put themselves 10 points clear before a ball's kicked, essentially, um, on Sunday. Yeah, as I said, you're heading up to Dundee against Kilmarnock. Are you looking forward to getting back to I'm, I know I'm looking forward to getting back to SWPL too as soon as it, as soon as life allows me to. But um, are you looking forward to getting to Dundee against Kilmarnock on, on Sunday? I am. Um, going well with staff at both teams as well, kind of thing. So it's always good to see folk that you've not seen in a while. And there is no performance in it, if you want to call it. It's Care Park, really, isn't it? Um, it's another venue that I've passed in Dundee many times and never actually been in to go and watch a game so it's just a case of trying to get to grounds that we haven't been in teams that we've not seen and that's one of them that I have not been to so I look forward to get up to Dundee change the venue again save people that I've not seen in a while because United games have been on TV and TV football is crap but yeah so it's going to be an exciting end to the season and we're seeing with so much still to play for I'm just looking forward to, to going to that game and United obviously played Kelly a few weeks ago in a friendly that friendlies don't matter much apparently according to some people but um Kelly had a, a very good win, um, a very good win that afternoon, and they'll be hoping to, to go and do the same. And cause a bit of an upset when you look at the table at the minute, but yeah, it should be an exciting game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know how to call SW at the best of times. SWPL two is a bit of a nightmare to call, but see after this long break, um, think to call it a couple of signs. I mean, I know that Hamilton actually brought in Captain McGovern on loan from um, Celtic. Uh, Thistle have signed uh, Cheryl McCulloch from Celtic and brought in Anne Vincente as a, as a goalkeeper, formerly of um, Motherwell, and she played for the Motherwell National team. She went to be a boxer, she's now come back and is back in football part of Thistle. Um, and I know that St. Johnson made a couple of additions as well. But um, yes, I I don't know how... I, I, I genuinely do not know. I was I wouldn't want to predict what's going to happen on Sunday because I genuinely have no idea because it's been that long since he played and the league was already... Fling a, fling, a, fling a coin in there and see where it lands. It was. I mean, you look at the table, obviously, Sterling are sort of adrift at the bottom and Aberdeen away at the top. But then, Borough and Kilmarnock level on points. Glasgow Women and Greens Park level on points. Partick Thistle level on points, who are then just, Johnston are sort of in the middle of these teams above and below them. And then the two that I mentioned at the top, they're only a point behind United. So, I mean, it's, it's really tight. There's the fact you're now looking at what four teams for one spot certainly is, is not going to be easy for any of them so it should be exciting and United and Thistle have two of those teams up there and play each other on the last day so it's got the potential to run right into the end of the season and then hopefully it does so and it'll be an exciting one given the SWPL1 has certainly been a lot closer than maybe a lot of folk would have anticipated so if we can get the same the second team I'm sure we'll be delighted the clubs themselves might not be but I'm sure we will be Oh, we'll be buzzing, mate. We'll be absolutely buzzing. But um, in terms of SWPL2, like like we've done with SWPL1, as soon as we get notifications, the game's are going to be live. We'll give it a wee retweet over the Twitter account. So, um, yeah, have a wee look out for that. But let's finish off on the final thing of the day. And today, Scotland announced... Oh, yesterday? Yesterday, Scotland announced uh, a squad for their upcoming friendlies against Northern Ireland and Wales. And... <sighs> It's hard to really gauge anything with this at the moment. Let's talk about the good things. There's some new faces in the squad. Um, I alluded to earlier on Leah Eddy, who has had uh, Leah Eddy, sorry, who has had a, a fantastic season at Hibs, uh, won the Player of the Year as well. I saw for for Hibs uh, last week as well. Um, she's into the squad as is Brianna Vestrup, who qualifies through her Scottish mo- uh, Scottish mother. Um, she also makes the squad the Rangers defender. Christy Grimshaw, who feels like she's been on the peripheral for a long time, she also makes her 
well, hopefully we'll make our debut uh, in the games against Ireland and Wales. And Ethan Cummings, who comes in from Charlton Athletic, uh, the, the goalkeeper, kind of a new, maybe a new third. I think there's definitely uh, maybe a spot now for that third place goalkeeper with Shannon Lynn maybe looking to take a lot of a step back. Though, if Shannon keeps wants to keep playing, I'm sure she'll still be involved in the squads going forward. But a little nod to the future of that squad. A couple of players I'm surprised to see kind of miss out. I think Sam Kerr was kind of the, the big one for me, but I kind a couple of more familiar faces weren't there. Jen Beattie, I think, maybe just sitting this one out. Um, obviously, just given the year she's had, and uh, Rachel Boyle's not in the squad either. But nice to see some new faces in the squad, first of all, Campbell. It is. I mean, we've had discussions previously about Scotland having sort of the golden age, if you want to call them that, with these players that have got to the Euros, got to the World Cup. And a lot of them are, <clears throat> are obviously getting that bit older and I'll know by there for ages. And we've looked at maybe our 19 squad and thought, there's your, your, your bigger players there, the ones that could make the step up. And then they're not there and they're still having they're still maybe a wee bit away from it. So there's always a bit of a worry. But some of the players that came in, um, Brianna Westrup was one that I don't think anyone even knew she had a Scottish mother until she was in the squad. So that's another one that's new there, Christy Grimshaw. Again, obviously playing abroad, you don't get too many Scots doing that. So um, I, there's some interesting names in there. And it's it's a fresh squad. It's some, there's something different there from what we've seen previously. And obviously it's only friendlies, but it, it should be good to to see these players and hopefully they get some, they get some time to, to show what they can do. And, in these two games eh, against two of our near neighbours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think with the Brianna Vestrop, I think it, I, I'd, I'd hardly heard it or read it somewhere, but I still was I was still surprised to see her name. It kind of left my head. So when I saw her name in the squad, I was like, oh, that's a bit, wasn't expecting that. Um, I think also a nod for Lana Clellan back in the squad after two years. She's obviously had some pretty horrendous luck with injuries over that period, but she's obviously now back playing football for Argentina. She scored a, a world there a couple of months ago as well. So it's great to see Lana and she was one of the very first people to come on and do an interview podcast as well. So it's always good to um, see the OGs do well in that respect. Um Stuart McLaren's still in charge. Stuart McLaren's still in charge uh for these two games, which you know uh, somebody has to be in charge. But I think the interesting thing about the squad is Leanne Ross continues in a coach capacity. Good to have her in the squad, obviously. A, a Scottish legend and somebody who's looking to maybe wind down, wind down our, our playing career. But the interesting one is Tanya Oxtaby, who's part of the coaching staff for these two games. The Bristol City manager, she sat out the back end of the WSL season, WSL season uh, down south um, due to maternity leave. Uh, Matt Beard came in and who's now going to take the Liverpool job. It's... I don't know about you, Campbell, but Tanya being in, in the setup asks more questions and gives answers to me at the moment. I asked a question, you failed to give me an answer, so I'd agree with that. Um, she is a new name that's maybe not one that we've, we've really obviously seen kind of linked with the squad at all. We've, we've heard next to nothing from the SFA about appointing a manager, something that we thought maybe we'd done by now. But um, I, Alan Campbell mentioned it as well. It's an interesting one. I'm not saying she's going to get the job because obviously we don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if she's if this is perhaps leaning towards that in the future or something. So uh, it's an exciting one. They're saying new names on the coaching staff as well as um, in the squad. So it's, it's certainly interesting and it'll, it'll be intriguing to see how the Scotland squad goes in these friendlies before obviously coming back with more qualifiers later in the year. Yeah, I thought it was interesting as well when I was reading the, the SFA kind of Q&A with, with Stuart McLaren after the game. There was a lot of emphasis on Tanya Oxtaby's coaching experience, where she'd been. She'd been coach at, coaching in Australia, obviously coached in the WSL, coached England under-19s. I don't know, it, feel, it did feel like a bit of a kind of pre-pitch um, to me. And one of the things I was wondering about, whether obviously with her family, maybe there's an... I have no way of quantifying this. This is just speculation map up. But maybe 
maybe the fact that international schedules are a little bit lighter in terms of the, there isn't that week in, week out that you have over the course of a season is attractive. But at the same time, Bristol City won in great shakes. Um, and obviously they ended up getting relegated underneath Matt. And if, that, if Tanya is the appointment, just say it. Just like say this is who we want to come in. Like this kind of weird half coach thing is it's just confusing. For, you. It's just it's confusing, but everybody is now asking the question: Is Tanya Ox going to be going to the next coach? So she, if she is going to be the next coach, just say it. If he's not going to be the next coach, then why go to this extent of having this kind of for two friendlies? This is well, these aren't qualifying games. These are two friendly games that realistically don't mean much. So if it is a case that Tanya is the one coming in. Excellent. Let's get her in and have her do that. So, yeah, interested to see how that develops over the next kind of couple of months because obviously the qualifiers start in September and we're in June already, so they are not far away. But two friendlies, um, obviously, away to Northern Ireland and Wales, and I'm sure we'll, we'll try and watch them as well amongst all the Euro stuff as well. I think the first one's on the 10th, and then I think the ones, the second one's the day after the Scotland Czech Republic game, so on the 15th. If that's wrong, I'm sorry, but I don't have it in front of me. But um, if that's right, happy days. But um, right. yeah, ah, love, me. It. <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up the podcast for this week. Um, as I said, I think the plan will be, we'll obviously have, a, I think we'll try and get a podcast out kind of early next week. Obviously just to round off SWPL1, we'll maybe try and do some kind of team of the season nonsense that always goes down tremendously. And then <laughs> and then I think we'll probably switch to a pod a week for SWPL2, try and get it out maybe back end of the week of, Cause an opportunity to get highlights out and reports out and things like that as well. Because obviously, we don't have the benefit of a, a highlights package for SWPL2 that SWPL1 has. So, hopefully, there will still be some, some coverage kicking about. But for now, thank you very much for listening, Campbell. As always, thank you very much for coming on, my friend. Yep, no worries, Chris. Couldn't get your name out there. <laughs> and uh, we'll speak again soon. So, stay safe and catch you later on.